0: Welcome to Gracefield Grit. I'm your host, Lana Stenner, and we are chatting all about growing your faith, family, and the backyard farm. Here at the Gracefield Homestead, we are having honest, hard, and authentic conversations with some amazing guests about getting back to the basics and what's important in life. We are not for everyone, and we don't clean up our conversations, so you will get the unedited chat. Each episode, you can expect practical tips and encouragement. I am so honored to have you join us today, so grab a cup of coffee and let's do this thing. Hey friend, welcome back to the Gracefield Grit Podcast. Today we are chatting all about natural health and making the shift to taking better care of our bodies by building our own apothecary pantry. This arena used to only be filled with homestead hippies and now it is becoming more mainstream. So I wanted to share with you only a few steps to take to get started building your own apothecary pantry, a natural medicine cabinet to keep you healthy and prevent illness. We're going to chat about herbs, teas, forage plants, syrups, fermentation, and even sourdough. So let's dive in. Of course, like most people, I've been interested in natural health for a long time, but we really started to dive in a bit deeper in the last 10 years. Now, don't get me wrong. We still do all of the normal stuff. We have birthday cake at parties. We go out to eat and have fun. We have popcorn at the movies, all the good stuff. But for the most part, we try to be very healthy when we're at home. So I've had some questions, especially when I have briefly shared a few of my recipes online, like my fire cider recipe, which does wonders if you're starting to come down with a cold. So we're going to chat about some simple ways to start building your own apothecary pantry, because it can be so overwhelming when you just get started. We had a handful of books long ago, and to be honest with you, they just made my eyes roll backwards because there was so much information in there. So start small with something that really interests you or benefits your family's health specifically. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is floral teas. This is such an easy one, and if you're only going to pick one, which I suggest, we're going to go over a handful of these things, just pick one that interests you and start with it and do some research and find out what you like and how it tastes and come up with your own recipe for it, Uh, but this is a good place to start because it's a lot of fun. So the floral teas, they are so, so yummy and beautiful too. In my upcoming book, The Gracefield Homestead Cookbook, it comes out September 5th, and it has an apothecary pantry chapter in the back, and I do have a tea recipe in there. And you know, I love edible flowers and so many of the edible flowers have medicinal properties to them as well. They're, they're beautiful and they're good for you. And I do have a gift, a free edible flower ebook for you that you can get today. um, If you pre-order the cookbook before September 5th. And it does run down how to identify and forage for these 20 different edible flowers, as well as it has many edible flower recipes that are also delicious. So I'll add that link uh, to the freebie in the show notes as well. So chamomile, I'll highlight that one today. It's known for mainly helping inflammation, stress, blood pressure, and digestive support. Of course, with any of these types of things, you want to check with your doctor, especially if you're pregnant or if you're taking medication, always check with your doctor to make sure you're good to go with adding something new into your diet. But we grow our own chamomile, and those are those tiny little flowers that look like Itty bitty daisies, and they're just, they cover the whole garden bed. They're just so beautiful. And depending on what time of year it is, I will either gather like a tablespoon or so of fresh from the garden and then add them to a tea bag strainer, one of those metal ones with hot water and honey. But in the winter months, I will use the dried blooms. And, you know, one thing I do want to mention here is strangely enough, dried. Spices and flowers and all of those things are more potent. So, you may need a little bit less than you would if you're going with the fresh ones. So, we steep it for a few minutes and and just enjoy a cup of tea. So, here is the one thing I love about teas it's a good hack, and they're just so yummy, but they're also accessible. If you don't have a garden, which when we first got married, we didn't. We didn't have a garden right, right at the beginning. You can spend some time on the tea aisle at the grocery store, read the ingredients, verify their claims, do some research, and you have so many yummy options there. You don't have to grow all these flowers and spices and things yourself. Every single afternoon, I have tea. A couple of times a week, I'll have a scent of tea to keep my body systems regulated. And the other days, it's just a free-for-all, whatever sounds yummy. I have an electric teapot that heats in less than 60 seconds, which is way quicker than my microwave. And it's just a wonderful break time away from the work and the chores. So although the teas are great ingredients for your various health issues, just taking a de-stress break is beneficial to your health as well. So I love the flower teas especially. So number two on the list is herbs and spices. In containers, you can have them hanging fresh or dried. We love drying the ones that we grow here on our property. But again, You can stock your pantry from the farmer's market or grocery if you don't have a garden this year. Pick one or two of the herbs or spices that can benefit you or your loved one, depending on what you have going on in your life. What what are your health issues right now? Understanding the ingredients and the dosage and making things taste good all can come together easily and affordable with just a little bit of research. So that is one example, but there are so many others. The peppermint leaves are known for so many benefits, including increased cognitive skills. My daughter always laughs at me as I attempt to give her a peppermint leaf or a candy or essential oil to smell as she's walking out the door for a college exam it is proven there has been research studies on that. And you know, it sounds so silly, but you know, it works. So if you dry them, bundle up your herbs, tie the end with twine and hang them upside down. They'll be dry in a week or two and you can enjoy them all winter long. Number three is essential oils. So we briefly mentioned peppermint essential oils can help with mental clarity, and that was just opening the bottle and smelling it, not putting it on anything. But also, it can aid in pain relief, digestion, and stress levels. There are essential oils everywhere, it seems like in every store, and they've really gotten a bad rap lately. Some of the multi-level marketing firms are making a killing up charging you three times what you should be paying, and that's fine. Everyone needs to make a living, but do be careful with essential oils, especially in the quality and the grade that you get. Research how you're going to use it, and I personally prefer the ones that are food grade if possible. They're just wonderful to infuse in an oil base as well. So number four is syrups. A few years back, I started making elderberry syrup and had heard some conflicting information on it. So I was diving in a bit bit deeper for some research and the elderberry syrup has been known for generations for its antiviral traits. It's like a superfood. However, um, other research was saying that it's toxic. So um, what I found out is there, it has to be cooked. It can't be raw and uncooked. That's when it's toxic. So as always, make sure you do your research because these are potent ingredients. They're great for your health, but you have to use them the right way and know what you're doing. So I can't stress that enough. My specific recipe called for star anise, and I found that that is the compound which started all the pharmaceutical med Tamiflu. Now Tamiflu is synthetic now, but the original ingredient was this star anise that is in my pantry already. So you can do all kinds of wonderful things with syrups and um, there's just some great health benefits to those. And a lot of times it's stuff that's already sitting in your pantry. Number five is tinctures and concoctions. And just real quick before I get into this, Tinctures usually have an alcohol base. So most of the things that we do here are, I would, I guess we call them tinctures, but they're not tinctures because there's no alcohol in them. Um So I guess the true word is concoctions um, for all the silly stuff that CJ makes. So I already mentioned our fire cider concoction that we make up every year and take a tablespoon or two as we feel a cold or flu coming on. I did add the recipe to the cookbook. It's spicy. It's filled with peppers and vinegars, onions, horseradish, and all kinds of things. But it does the trick. We also have a turmeric lemon cold blend that <laughs> we force down a cup of it every single morning, and it does not taste good. It has ginger, cinnamon, and garlic in it, but that turmeric is is a bit much. But again, it's a superfood, and we really, truly believe in this one. CJ has not had an ibuprofen in over a year. It's just so good for all the anti-inflammatory and all those types of things. So if you have aches and pains, turmeric is a good one to uh, put in one of your concoctions as well. So, okay. So number six is coffee alternatives. So I am, I'm going to just be transparent with you here. This is a new one for me. And I, the, the jury's still out on this one for me. I am just now trying it, uh, and as a coffee addict, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with this one, so I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with this one. We are huge coffee drinkers over here. That's how after we, you know, get that first turmeric drink down in the morning, I can't wait to get that down so I can start my, my cup of Joe. So I'm wanting to slow down a bit on my caffeine intake of three cups of coffee in the morning. And so I've started with a half calf blend of coffee and mushrooms No, not those kind of mushrooms, the normal ones like the lion's mane, chaga, reishi. So I started this a couple of weeks ago and I only have two cups each morning. And although it still gives a bit of that caffeine energy wake up, I don't feel like the natural energy is, it doesn't give me as much as I would Feel on the full caffeine, if that makes sense. I know it's better for me. So I'm going to continue it for another month or so. Um, but like I said, the jury's still out on this one. The positives in my little test so far is that I haven't felt that after caffeine crash like normal. So that's a huge benefit and the taste is great. It tastes exactly the same. I, I was very skeptical on this one. Um, but it tastes wonderful. So I will keep you filled in on what we decide with that one, but it is a good coffee alternative if you're interested in that. Number seven is kombucha tea. Now this isn't always looped into an apothecary pantry, but I have my scoby over there on the counter brewing with everything else. So I'm going to go ahead and add it in here. Kombucha is a fizzy, somewhat sweet, cultured probiotic tea that is so good for your gut health. It is a couple of week-long brewing process with sweetened black or green tea, and it's lots of fun and a great addition to your own pantry. I have a full recipe from start to finish in the cookbook, and there are some great kits online that come with a brewing jar, tea bags, and even the SCOBY. So number eight, I wasn't even going to add this in here, but it's an honorable mention in the apothecary pantry for sourdough starter. I fell in love with this method even more during COVID when we couldn't get any yeast or bread at our local store. It takes a few days to get your starter all bubbly, and that is your yeast base to make your bread rise without the little yeast packets. There are so many recipes you can make with sourdough starter, and my favorite is banana pancakes, along with all the different breads and muffins. Some people make it so complex with all the scales and certain utensils and all kinds of nonsense. I have the absolute most simplified process recipe in the cookbook that will keep it simple with only equal parts of flour and water, no scales, goodness. I break all the rules and yet somehow it still works. So that is it, friend. Those are the main things in my apothecary pantry and they are surrounded by cans of our garden tomatoes, pickles, and fruit jams. Just start small. Pick one thing and don't get overwhelmed to have fun with it. Listen, adding an apothecary pantry... To your kitchen, obviously, is just one step in your overall health routine. De-stressing is one of the most important. Three days a week, I make sure I'm out on a four-mile hike regardless of the weather. A lot of times I'm bundled up in the snow doing it. And although I don't want to do it, (laughs) I don't want to get started. It just feels so good to get out in nature. This is my time with God and getting outside to clear my brain. It's either quiet time with nothing, it might be worship music, Bible reading app, occasionally a podcast. At my age, in my 50s, I have to do weight training at least two times a week. I'm not a fan, but I get myself to our bougie gym down the road. And a side note, something that brings me joy, I make it a point to drive a route that takes extra time, an extra minute that keeps me out of traffic. And on the back roads past my happy street, I call it, where there are donkeys frolicking on the farm, a highland cow and a peacock farm. And it just makes me smile driving by those neighbors. And so it's worth that extra minute of joy. Joy is a big part of your health as well. So anytime you can get some joy in there, make sure you do that. I hope you'll pick one of these things that we discussed and get started with your own apothecary pantry. Trying new things, especially with your loved ones, can build memories. And I'll tell you what, if you are blessed enough to have little ones around you, loop them in and teach these, some of these things to them. As this next generation moves on to heaven, we are losing some of the basic homemaking and apothecary skills. So let's keep that from happening. Just a reminder, you are welcome wherever you want to jump onto the homesteader spectrum, even if that is from your apartment kitchen downtown. It is more about the intention and nurturing of your loved ones than it is about the amount of space you have outside of your front door. Thank you for joining us today in this episode of Gracefield Grit. I know that your time is valuable and I truly appreciate you being here. I hope it was helpful and that you'll share it with a friend. In order to schedule amazing guests on our show, we could use some good reviews. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd be honored if you could head over to the podcast app on your phone, tap the album art for the Gracefield Grit podcast, scroll down to the bottom of the page and write a review. I'm looking forward to our next episode and I hope you'll join us again. Blessings to you today, friend, as you live out your own Gracefield Grit.